Stay up for that 4 OT Canes game last night. They should have just ended it when the Panthers scored that goal like 20 seconds into it. This thing was on till like 3 in the morning. Crazy. Yeah, see, Frazier in the back, he lost money on the Hurricanes' money line. I don't know. He was probably happy they took that goal away until it took all night to finish it. Hey, a couple of big things I just want to address here before we get to our guests and everything. Um, there's a scam going around. I want to make you guys aware of it. Take a look at this right here. This is from Robert Pogue. He says... We're getting, we are writing today to make you aware of a scam targeting fleets that has come to our attention. That's the first line of an email he got from Love's Travel Stop. Here's how the scam works. So apparently, at some Love's, they're having spotters sit around by the garage over there, by the, the repair center, and they're looking at trailers. They're spotting trailers. Then they're calling the carrier up, knowing the truck's there, and telling them that they need the EFS code because the shop connect is down. So be aware of this one. Verify with your driver. Another great tip to prevent double brokering. Verify with your driver if he's getting repaired. Don't let some third party um, or some unknown number come through. And I, I know it can be tough. This is a new one out there. Keep an eye out for it. Other big news. My buddy Bill Drieger. Congratulations. A little cowbell for him. He just got... He just made a big move in freight. Take a look here. Eric Kulish reports Flexport is developing a truck brokerage business to take care of the domestic transportation leg of imports in one supply chain ecosystem after acquiring the e-commerce fulfillment and final mile assets from Shopify. They've hired Bill Drieger. He used to work over at Amazon. He helped develop their initial tracking programs, their initial brokerage over there. He's been with Uber Freight since that time. CEO Dave Clark said he's going to be a great addition. I agree. Big fan of his. Also, shout out to newsletter reader Dave Sagers of T-Force Freight. He's holding it down in Greenville, South Carolina. Dave, thank you for uh, writing in on the newsletter. Appreciate it, brother. All right, let's tip the band, and then we'll get to our first guest. Supply chain challenges are not always easy, but the commitment from the team at Dunavant Logistics to take on the responsibility is unwavering. Dunavant, logistically speaking, they're at the center of it all. Visit them at Dunavant.com. But why don't we visit with someone from there Right now, it is Kelly Lomax. He's the EVP, CFO, Dunavant Enterprises, Inc., and also the president of Dunavant Logistics. Sounds like a lot of responsibility, Kelly. Yeah, unfortunately it is, but uh, I tell you, it's, uh, it's fun. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, you had to make a trip over here from, uh, from Memphis, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, Memphis, Tennessee, I-40, I-24, all of them. So you, you drove all the way down we here? We drove in about four and a half hours. How long is that right? Four and a half hours if I want to go down yep, and visit? Yep. Tennessee's but I, big. But it depends. It depends on traffic. Uh, when we're here in November, very quick. But uh, yeah. yesterday, it's about four and a half, five hours. Uh, a lot of trucks still moving. Well, you didn't take any rest off before your trip down to Chattanooga. You were actually over at an elementary school trying to, uh, to, to preach the, uh, the word of logistics to the young minds of America. Tell us a little bit about this visit. Well, no, that's a uh, great, uh, great point. Yeah, I was with Junior Achievement, uh, Memphis in the Mid-South, uh, serving the board there. But uh, we were there at uh, their JA Inspire, which is uh, really for about 3,000 uh, eighth graders throughout Memphis, surrounding areas, just really letting them see that there are endless opportunities, no matter what they want to be, whether it be logistics, uh, spa chain, or healthcare, things like that. Just let them know that they can do something. They can be something. Uh, and there's endless possibilities if they put their mind to it. Did, did you warn them about the, the radical shifts in the world of transportation? We have gone from 
Feast to famine over the over this pandemic here. Now we're sitting in a year of of recovery. While we're also looking at it, uh, maybe drawing down even further. Uh, how are you seeing things over at Donovan? Well, I'll tell you, uh, feast or famine. Yeah, it's uh, who would have expected that? But you know, at Donovan, uh, it, it doesn't really matter to us because at, at Donovan, you know, we really rely on the one Donovan concept, which really allows us not to have to worry about what's going on in the market. You know, because we, we all know that we have a deep bench, and all of us, you know, we all rely upon each other to succeed. Uh, we've got 250 employees, and, you know, depending on the timing, an owner-operator fleet of about 300 to 400 of the best and safest uh, owner-operators in the port markets that we call home and serve. Uh, we're in the port of Baltimore, up and down the eastern seacoast, all the way down to uh, Port of Savannah, Inland Rail, Memphis, Nashville, Houston, Dallas, We've got the cross-border uh, locations from Laredo all the way up to El Paso. So office in China, I forgot about that, and the presence in Vietnam. So, you know, our people come from very diverse backgrounds, and, you know, it's great because the beauty of it is is that, you know, we all work together, and they're so determined and dedicated and committed to our company, but also to each other, which makes it really fun to, you know, be able to go into but how, how do you manage talent right now? Because just as the freight market has gone from feast to famine, you have to have whiplash as you're an employee. Like, it, you know, we kept hearing all the headlines of the great resignation. Everyone's leaving their job. Everyone's going someplace else. There's all these people on LinkedIn. And this year's a lot different. Now I'm seeing all these people that are losing their jobs and they're trying to, to get new jobs. How are you building a team in this environment? And how are you retaining them and, and keeping them on board in this uncertain time? Well, you know, at one done event, um, you know, we do a lot. We want to make sure that, you know, they are part of, they, they come in and understand our culture. And that's really, you know, we are a people first uh, company. We really rely on our, our employees to help us out. And I will tell you that luckily we're, uh, you know, we have a long standing, um, the name Donovan, you know, it's really well known, wide respect to all throughout the U.S. and even the world. So, you know, we're very lucky in the fact that it, that draws a lot of people to us. But, you know, also, logistically speaking, like you said earlier, we're, we're headquartered in Memphis, Tennessee, which is the logistics capital of the United States. You know, we're home to three Fortune 500 companies. Uh, we are... The Chicago listeners are like, it's yeah. <laughs> Hey, well, you know, we're, we're, we're competitive, too. Whenever we, call, whenever we say Chattanooga is the center, they, they get so mad. They but Memphis <laughs> is the center of the logistics world. You know, we got to give us credit. That and ribs. Yeah. But, uh, no, I mean, seriously, uh, you know, we... We're able to draw a lot of talent, and that's very helpful. And, you know, look, talent is, that's what makes your company. If you don't have the right people, I mean, it is stressful, especially in times like this. But, you know, our people, they're determined, and they're, they're resilient, and they're adapted to change. So, you know, for everything going on in the market, we, it doesn't really impact us because our people at Donovan, they're able to step up and perform and we do it every day. And I'll tell you, we do the hard stuff. <laughs> we do the hard stuff. You, you hear us talk about it all the time. We do the stuff that nobody else wants to do, but it's because of our people. Have you, have you noticed employee priorities shifting at all, um, especially as you move into this? Because that's another thing. You read so many headlines, and there's so much beating down on the young generation. And whenever I see like, leaders on LinkedIn do it, I'm like, how, how do you attract young talent to your, to your company with an attitude like that? But what are you seeing? Is, is there that shift? Is, is the young generation is bad? How do you, how do you attract um, new employees? Well, look, you know, there, there's a constant debate of which generation, this, that, and the other, but... At Donovan, you know, we look for that diversity. We want the young talent, you know, just to mix in with the seasoned veterans, as we call them. And, you know, the way we do that, you know, we've been around for 95 years yeah. and as a company. And a lot of things have changed throughout our history. 
But I'll tell you the one thing that's really stood firm is our focus on our employees. And, you know, that's a commitment that really started with Billy Donovan Jr. took over from his father when he was 29 and his father passed away. And we continue that today with his son and our, our CEO, Bill Donovan. But, you know, we, we do that, you know, by doing a lot of good things. When we bring them in, we wanted to make sure that they understand, you know, what, are, what we have as a culture. Because that's what, that's what builds the, the culture is what builds your employee base. They've got to be happy. And look, we do that by, you know, their first day, we make them unload a fully loaded container box. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Do, do any of them leave? Do you have like an offer like, if you don't feel like doing this, just go? Well, no, because <laughs> don't worry, it's not a 40-foot container. It's an ODC. Are you familiar with the, what an ODC is? I'm just having, like, I worked at Talbot's for a little bit, and, like, they had something like that. When you started there, you had to go work in their warehouse and unload garments on hanger. And this was in, like, Massachusetts humidity in August within a container. And garments on hanger, for those that you know, it's like coats and stuff wrapped in plastic. Right, right. It's terrible. Well, I'll tell you, luckily at Dunavant, we let them do it in the air conditioning, and it's, uh, it's the ODC, uh, the one Dunavant container, and I actually brought you one. Oh, excellent. Yeah, so, uh, look, Can I there you go. yeah, absolutely, it's all yours. And look, as you see in there, you know, it's packed full of a lot of cool Dunavant swag or merch. Dunavant the third. Yep, that's his letter, welcome into the, uh, welcome to the family. That there is like a stress, or a, a cube, you can kind of, it's almost like a Rubik's Cube, you can open up, see our locations, kind of the services we provide. It's like, it's almost like a Rubik's Cube for dummies, like something I can solve. I cannot <laughs> put it, once you do it, you can't put it back together, it's very oh, okay. hard, yeah, it's so be careful. Got the stress ball right here, so I don't speak in a British accent by accident. Because you know those never get used in our world. Yeah. We got a nice pen, nice but i lapel pen. This is probably going to help you this weekend, you're doing the Ironman Triathlon, aren't you? Uh, I would love to, I would love to, I don't really look like I do triathlons, do I? <laughs> Um, this is a great size, though. I carry these around. You can carabine these to oh, yeah. your backpack. Perfect. Well, I'll tell you, our uh, VP of customer experience did test it. It will hold uh, ice for 24 hours, not melt. But look, we do that really to help them come in. I'll tell you, uh, one of the most important things included in there is a pamphlet. Oh, yeah. Let me get yeah. it. Let me show you. Where is it? Right here. Yeah, there it there is. There you go. So this guy right here. So, uh, you know, this really, uh, it really sets the tone for our employees and lets them, you know, really understand who we are from yes. our culture, lets them know that, you know, we respect everyone, we want to do the right thing the first time, every time, and look, we're going to be open and honest and transparent with not just ourselves, but also our customers, and, you know, that really helps us to build that team, because when you're doing the hard stuff, you're doing the hard stuff, you got to have a great team, <laughs> so, you know, that, that's, that's really what we do, it's one done of it. Now, you're, you're a dad. You have a great team at home as well, right? I do, I do. I got two, two boys? I do, an 11-year-old and soon-to-be 9-year-old. Okay. And they become big fans of yours. They watch, like to watch on YouTube. Well, I know. So I, I got hats. I got oh, a hat here for you. you and a hat for them. Awesome. I got some shirts for them as well so they can, they can represent. But we have a little bit of a parenting theme on the show today. Do you have any tips for being a parent in freight? It can be very stressful. It can be very time-consuming. Yeah, make sure you have a long commute home so you can get that out of your system before you get home. But, yeah. uh, you know, find things to do. I like to volunteer. I'm the head coach of my son's baseball team. And that, that no matter how stressful it is, you get on a baseball team and you have those kids running around. I mean, that, that really makes it uh, worth it. So, yeah, that would be the only thing I'd do is find something to uh, let the stress out. Yeah. Wow. So people who want to learn more about Donovan, they, they like what you had to say. They want to work with you. They want to move your freight or more topically to this conversation. They actually want to work at the company. Yeah. How do they get in touch with you? How would they go about that? Well, look, I'll tell you, if you're in spot chain, you've got a headache and it's complicated, call us. We like to do the hard stuff. Uh, you know, find us on uh, the web, uh, Donovan.com. You can find us on LinkedIn, very active there. Uh, 
But anyway, yeah, reach out to us. Uh, indeed, you'll see when we post jobs, look at our website. So yeah, I'd love to have anybody, uh, whether you want to come work for us, uh, let us move your freight. Love to have you. So how long are your wife, you and your wife spent, are you spending the weekend here in Chattanooga? We are, yeah. Uh, my parents don't know this yet, but we're, uh, yeah, they've stayed home. Exclusive right here. See, that's, that's all about parenting. Just <laughs> tell your parents you're only staying yes. tonight, but yeah, we're going to stay here till Sunday. Did you bring your laundry with you? We did, we did. Yeah, you're going to do laundry for me, I hope. <laughs> but no, yeah, we'll be here till Sundays and look forward to it. So uh, glad to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for coming by the show today. Yeah, yeah thank it. you. And thank you for that, that box. Yeah, sweet. Really cool. Make sure you use your water ball. I will, of course, once I finish uh, my, my, my other water. Oh, there you go. Here. Very nice. I know someone was yelling at me online because I said, you know, they were like, water, bottled water is a scam. And I'm like, I love when I can go to the gas station. I don't have this with me. It's great. And it ended up, you know how the internet is. You know, yeah, yeah. Big, big argument over nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, uh, you know, back to Memphis real quick. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but we have the power of our four R's, the oh. river, the rail, the roads, and the uh, runway. You know, we've got uh, the fifth largest inland port in the United States. And you probably know that all the commodities go up and down the river. Did you know that 75% of the world's soybeans pass under our bridges every day? Oh, I, no, I didn't. Or actually, every year, 75% of them. I heard a rumor you might have some trivia for me. Was, was that it? That is one of them. <laughs> How long do you think it takes to get a fully loaded container box out of a yard in Memphis, Tennessee, on a boat out of the port of Savannah from Memphis? How long? From, from start to finish on a boat? By rail. You by rail. put it by rail on boat. Uh, or at least get it to the port. Two days. 24 hours. 24 hours? Yeah. What? Yes. Here's, even, something, here's something even more. So our next guest's eyeballs fell out of his head when you said that. Oh, don't worry. I've got, <laughs> I've got another one for you. In Memphis, Tennessee, today, in today's market, you can reach 90% of the world's GDP in under 72 hours. 90% of the world's GDP. Yeah. If you want to take a road trip, you can get 75% of the world or the U.S. population in a two-day drive by car. Do you, do you, hey, do you, is there a river tour company you recommend there? Like, if I go down there, I definitely want to do the, the Mississippi River. Uh, yeah, we've got a few. Uh, you've got, like, the Memphis Bell. You've got now a bunch of cruise lines, things like that. Uh, I would stay out of a John boat. The, uh, the river is pretty. Uh, it doesn't look like it's got a current. But, uh, yeah, you want, to, you want to stay away from that. And all the barges. Those yeah. barges will get you. The same with Tennessee River here. Like, I, I take my dog out. I throw the ball into the river. And then, like, I didn't realize how strong it was. And <laughs> I got a black lab just flowing down the water. We got, we got him out. But Well, yeah. that, they'll be doing that in the triathlon this week. Uh, I know. One of our guys here, well, Daniel Pickett, the guy who, the, one of the architects of Sonar, one of the original architects of Sonar, he still works here. He, he does those Ironmans. He's crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, no, no, we're not going to do We're just going to enjoy the festivities. Yeah. Look like they've got a lot of food like, I might fans. bring the cowbell and uh, cheer them on. That would help them. That's, I mean, if you're swimming, whatever it is, 20 miles, yeah. whatever they do. By the way, before you, you step off, this is, uh, this is your first time here, so you got to hit it. Oh, you got to hit it. All right, all right. Well, I'm going to do this. Uh, my son's a Mississippi State fan all, all right. right. And he loves the cowbell. So, Hank, this is for you, bud. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Thanks, Duder. I love it so much. Kelly, thank you so no, much. Thank it's great you. to Thanks meet you. It's great to meet your family. And thank yeah. you for the parenting tips and talking culture with me. Well, look forward to hopefully being able to come back one day. I appreciate it. Of course. Enjoy Chattanooga. Sounds good. Well, Thanks, Duder. Take it easy. All right. Where are we going next year? Oh, yeah. Meanwhile... Since a few people have asked already, here is your cabin tour. Welcome to my day room slash office, where I've got more seats than I know what to do with. I've got a nice TV, not that I have time to watch it. And I've got a big window with a sea view of the starboard side. I've also got a PC workstation, which I mostly use for my cargo, stability and planning work. Some work-related storage areas. And finally, my bedroom. I've got a desk and a pretty big double bed with the worst mattress you've ever seen, made of literal plywood, and a nice little and sweet shower. And finally, enough wardrobe space for a family of eight.
time. See, that was the boat. And oh. my buddy's here, Phil Hyland. He's a business development, Bluebird Express, little rock star. Bluebird. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Finally. It's so good to see you. It's a sunny day here in Chattanooga on freight. Row or alley? Is it row or freight alley? It's freight alley. Now, see, you 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 came out here, right? You're yeah. an entertainment logistics guy, but you Correct. did a little like drayage. But now you're back in the entertainment side. Yeah. So I started. I did ten years at Warner Brothers Studios doing logistics, moving movie props, cameras, anything that's not a human. So uh, and then before that, I worked for Panavision, moving their movie cameras all around the world. So oh. you know, here and here I am in Chattanooga. So you know, the pandemic brought me here. Well, how like how is that type of freight different? Because we usually talk general freight on here, but I used to be in the music industry, and I love concert freight and entertainment freight. And I know it's it's almost like reefer freight, uh, or, or worse than reefer freight, because it has an expiration date. Worse. It always has an expiration <laughs> date, right? Yeah, and I think uh, there's so many components. Like even if you're shipping like prop machine guns, you know, you can't just put you know twenty thousand fake M16s on a you know fifty three foot dry van and bring them into camp. Do for those? You have to do all kinds of ITARs and certificates, wow. and that's uh, that's definitely a pay grade above me. But there's a lot to it, so it takes time. But then, of course, people want it there yesterday, so you're always dealing with like, oh my gosh, it needs to be there right now on set. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So, how, like, how do you how is a project managed? Like, let's say you 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 land a movie, and now you're the logistics coordinator for it. Who who are you communicating with on on the set? Is it the, the producer? Is it an assistant? How does that all right. come together? Typically, it's a line producer, associate producers, and I think the cool thing um, about WB, my former employer, is they have a legacy in-house logistics department. It's probably one of the few studios that actually has an active bullpen of logistics experts. So it all starts there. So you're on the studio a lot. You're typically working with, let's say, Clint Eastwood, and you work with his line producer, and they tell you this is where we're shooting. We're going to shoot in Chattanooga. It's going to be a baseball movie, and maybe it's 42, which shot here. Oh, wow. And did it? Yeah, I believe it did, right? Am I right about that? I don't know. Maybe Jack the guys, can you fact check us? Somebody, can somebody fact check us like the Joe Rogan guys? Just, hey, can you yeah. check that out right now and give me an answer now? But uh, it all starts internally. And so basically I was always support for, let's say, a Clint Eastwood, you know, Malpaso Productions. And they're great people to work with. Frazier says it's true. You passed his fact check. Did I? Yeah, you oh, did. Cool. You're not just well, making things up. Yeah, I, I'm usually talking a lot of smack. I mean, he's less accurate than ChatGPT, but we'll, we'll you know, okay. we'll, we'll see. Thank you. But, but how, how, how has it scaled and changed? Because, like, for example, we were recently talking about the Taylor Swift Eras Tour on here. Uh, and this is a, like, you guys have to understand how massive this production is. How many trucks do you think this tour takes? I saw your post. Was it, like... 40 but they're leapfrogging and they're yeah so there's two teams of there's two teams of 40 as i understand it and then like 10 trucks that can go between and right. they like they deal with all the redundancy that is needed yes. all the extra equipment because like nothing can go wrong like this right. has to be here it's 90 trucks it's insane there's so many trucks they don't even they, they don't mention it because taylor swift doesn't want people like the climate activists coming after her because like the tour is not that green yeah i don't know you know first of all I love that post, and that intrigued me. I am crazy enough to want to work on something that massive. I mean, it's as we all know, Kelly was just saying, it is stressful. And Kelly's mentioned he likes to do the hard stuff. We do the hard stuff. But um, that kind of tour, I hope no one goes after her for a footprint. I think it's yeah. given a lot of truckers a great job. And um, it's just, it's impressive. 
it's impressive to me to see something of that scale. And I hear it's a great show. She plays like 44 songs. Like Craig Fuller was there, our own CEO and founder. Yep. Pe- Front row tickets. People are loving it. It's, she's like probably the biggest touring artist right now. I mean, I, my hat's off to her and her whole crew. And I got a lot of respect. So what kind of, at Bluebird, what kind of uh, like entertainment logistics have you handled recently? What are you doing over there? Okay, so I just got back from NAB. NAB was crazy, and NAB was big since uh, post-pandemic, so it was packed. So I did, I was out in Vegas doing the load in and out. We had a lot of clients. I typically do uh, cinematographic lighting equipment for the motion picture industry. And right now, we're about to load in the largest trade show in Los Angeles, at Paramount Studios called Cinegear Expo. And that is a legacy uh, trade show where it's like, so if you're a film buff or you're a cinematographer or coming up in the industry, it's got all the latest gear. So you can go there, check out all the latest gear, the lighting, you would love it. We should go together. Yeah. So that is June, man, that starts like June June 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. It's going to be a big one. It's going to be a big one. Trade shows, I mean, trade shows aren't that different than, enter- they're basically the same as entertainment logistics. You have a set amount of dates. They're the same as like doing a concert yeah. or anything. There's a set amount of dates, there's stages, there's props, there's things that you have to have. Agreed. And they can't not be there. In fact, I was at a conference recently, and this conference called Manifest. And the one mistake I think they made is they had the first day of it when the show floor was being set up. And... That was really upsetting to some people because like, there was nothing like set up yet. So you go Ooh. in like the showroom, you're supposed to look at trucks and everything, and it's just like a bunch of plastic laid down while they're assembling boots. Yeah, it's not good. No. Not, not a good look. I think Vegas has it down. I mean, you've been to Vegas. Yeah. And New York City has it down. Javits Center, we just did a trade show in Brooklyn um, at Industry City, which is a great venue. Cinegear did it there. Yeah, you always want to have the flooring down, everything set. Then you do your load in, and then you rock and roll, you do the show. And then loadout night is absolutely bananas. So. It, so in like regular freight, we've been monitoring strikes, right? We've been monitoring trucker strikes, which usually never happen. We've been, right. we've been monitoring the potential railroad strike. In fact, I think to just today, they made a deal on sick days, by the way. So Good. I think that the, the rail is all set. But now UPS, big strike that's going on. Here. But there's another strike going on. The one that ushered in the reality TV era. Yes. It was a writer's strike. All the reality shows you see now, all the way TV shows are produced, you can thank when that original writer's strike happened. Facts. There's another one right now. How does that impact someone like you? It's serious. So uh, I've spoken to my brother-in-law who's producing a show for NBC. They were able to shoot six episodes out of 13. They had to stop. So that means nobody's working. And I don't care if you're uh, an executive who's been running shows for 20 years and you have a little bit of money in the bank. A lot of these writers that got hired on his show, they might just be starting out. And so now you're shut down. Um, They may have started a fund for these writers. So it's hurting the writers. It's hurting my friends in the camera rental business because guess what? You're not shooting, so the rented cameras go back. And I'm hearing like 20% pay cuts at some vendors in Hollywood. That hurts. And I'm also hearing of, God forbid, it's, you know, the layoffs. So, and how does it affect me? I'm not doing as many junkets. You know, thank goodness I have the trade show. I have like a Cinegear at Paramount. But I don't have like the regular junkets where I'm moving in like costumes and props for, you know, the Today Show, stuff like that. So... And obviously, my company, Bluebird, has other, you know, they have other businesses that they service, so like IVF and Cold Chain. So obviously, you want to diversify. But, sure. but it's tough right now. It's no joke. Well, I mean, like, if you look at 
what happened during COVID, right? Like sets were shut down for just a few months. Mm-hmm. You know, they had people back on with Master, but just a few months, and you see what happened to content, right? The supply chain of actual entertainment content, it's at that back year, year and a half, two years. How long did The Mandalorian 3 come out? It seems like they rewrote that entire script and like changed everything they were gonna do yep. in that two years that they had to make it. So big, big changes can happen. How much of like a bottleneck will this create in entertainment? It's going to be bad. I mean, you know, everyone wants to know, and I was calling on my friends, how long, how long? Okay, the first strike in 1988, I moved out to Hollywood in 88, so I'm super dating myself, and I was just in the Screen Actors Guild. That was the biggest writer strike and longest. It lasted 153 days. So this one, is, from what I'm hearing, it's shut down for the summer. Like, even in Atlanta's hurting right now, so Stranger Things got shut down. So, strong union, right? I mean, the, the writers go very, strong, very strong union. union. Every time they yeah. have sort of stood, when they've stood up, they've they've let it play out. Well, and DGA is coming up right now. DGA, Directors Guild of America, is in their contract negotiations. Of course, they're going to support their writers. And then our friend Fran Drescher from The Nanny, who is the, the head of the Screen Actors Guild and AFTRA, they're coming up on their negotiations, so they're supported. And I posted yesterday on my LinkedIn about all the major league sports in the U.S. are supporting the writers. So it's... And Snoop Dogg had a great clip, and I put that on my LinkedIn, where Snoop's basically saying it's about the streaming. It's like the writers can't see the data of yeah. how many people are streaming their show, and they don't know, they don't have the metrics to justify, like, well, I should be getting paid this then. Because, sure. you know, in the early days, you get a residual. Well, not to mention the way technology's changing things. Like, if you, if you guys aren't familiar with entertainment, one of what a lot of people consider the worst thing to happen were like 360 deals, right? Because they came out and they didn't protect the they talent own, or the writer. It. What they do is they protect the company mm-hmm. by making like any content you produce under an umbrella. And there's supposed to be like an equitable deal under it. But now you have like AI and it's easy to replicate people. And there's, Ooh, there's so AI. much questions about what's going to happen with with images and with yeah. generative and people's voices and, and, and how they're used. So this is a an inflection point. I don't. I think with AI, like I don't think AI, and I'm no expert, but... Could AI create, like, the color purple? No. Could AI create uh, Schindler's List? You know, could even, and to be a little bit silly, I was thinking about this, could AI write any of the Hangover movies where, like, you're going to steal Mike Tyson's tiger and yeah. bring it to your hotel room? Well, how, actually, maybe it could how, do how that. Would that. How it would could you do. prompt like, it? If you you told, I think that's, like, maybe if it could do, like, really maybe bizarre things, maybe. But, like, you still have to write or go in there and fix all this stuff. It can't even write me, like... Copy that's a paragraph right. that I can't fix. The fear is, is that you and I are writers in Hollywood. Yeah. We'll, and the studio says, okay, well, we have a script that's already generated by AI. Now we just need Dooner and Phil to, to polish it sure. and make it human. And that's the fear, I think, with AI. I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. When I went to Hollywood, writers, TV writers were royalty, really. I don't care if you're writing for Mork and Mindy or Happy Days. And I met a lot of those writers, but a lot of res- you know a lot of respect. And I think now the the writers are being devalued. The craft of writing is being devalued. And there's this whole thought like, is it a gig job? Yeah, kinda. Or is it like, a, can you come in as a in a corporate way? I kind of think it's like being an actor where you go to Hollywood and you're really rolling the dice. You're like, I might get a job. I don't know. I'll audition for a hundred jobs, and maybe. I'll get like a soap commercial if I'm lucky. I, I lived out I there. It's know. not easy. You know, yeah. Yes, I mean, I you know. But I went to a few casting calls. Yeah. I didn't get a lot of casting callbacks. Right, right. <laughs> but I, I didn't mean, go to them. Yeah, me too. And it's like, I, I love the business. I mean, I could talk about the business all day. Let's not talk. Sing I about it. it. You have a guitar over there. 
You have a guitar. Can we hear that thing? Yeah, let's hear it. Go sit on that stool over there. My guest here, he was kind enough to bring his guitar with him, as I believe he has both times he's come on. I think he thinks it's like a prerequisite for getting um, in the building. I didn't even request this time. I think I've, I've, trained, him, I've trained him very well. <laughs> this is the Fender oh, really? Signature Series. Yeah. Wow. Great guitar. So if you're looking for a guitar for your kiddo or yourself, probably like 500 bucks, you get this sweet little axe. I'll just serenade you. Couple bars. Sure. Bars. Feeling it? I'm feeling it, man. Right, I wish one. I had a lighter on me to hold up. Yeah. I'm too good for my own good. I revealed myself to you because I love you. I feel you understood it's a feeling that i get one that i'm used to come on baby yeah man you're hitting it and all these words i've said do they make any sense do they make any sense in you has all this time been time well spent i thought it was tell me do you do you think it is and do you I've been reaching out to you, man, am I so naive to you? Tell me, please. Yeah. Beautiful job, beautiful Woo. job. Hey. No I, show and fray like it. Hey, bring that thing over here really quick. Let me get a look at that. Uh, I, let me get a look at that guitar. I that song for my wife. You did? Yeah. Did she like it? Look, that's her right here. That's for you. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I like how it's kind of a, like, like a, it's kind we of. We look like Mary Tyler Moore and Frankie Valley. Does anyone know who those people are? So I, I don't know. Maybe this, I don't know. We're like a 25 to 45 year old audience. But this axe is killer. Like, I think, you know, for 500 bucks to get a sweet guitar like this, this is my go-to. Like, I go in the studio and I record, I track on this guitar. And I've got like guitars, thanks to my commission checks and drayage, you know, that are like, you know, a G or something, you know what I'm saying? Hey, so, the kids, if you're looking to get into the entertainment industry, understand this, you're going to make more money in freight with those drayage commission checks. I think so. <laughs> Try drayage first, My get a guitar, spend the money on the guitar. Our always. last guest, Kelly, was just telling eight-year-olds that at elementary schools. He's like, look, I know you want to, you know, you want to uh, be a movie star, but your drayage is where your money is. You know, yeah. I mean, look. I was an actor, a musician in New York. I toured. I'm a freight broker. He's a freight broker. When I got a freight broker with a what the truck hat. <gasps> oh yeah. And a freight broker with a what the truck shirt. What? Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming. I appreciate by. you. I thank you for Enjoy the, the music. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. Don't be a stranger. I won't be. We need, we need to have you, you on like monthly. <laughs> Please. Happy Friday. <laughs> Take it easy, Phil. All right, everybody. Elsewhere. So this person asks, how long does it take us to stop? Well, if I went from navigation full ahead to stop on the telegraph, that would take me 29 minutes and more than four miles to stop dead in the water. That's the same distance as 40 football pitches. I could do it a little bit quicker if I went full astern, but the propeller would probably fall off and the engineers would scream. All the manoeuvring data is on a handy little placard on the bridge called the wheelhouse poster. Here's a diagram of what it'd look like if I whacked the wheel hard over whilst at full speed. Oh, and you thought, you thought it took a semi-truck a long time to stop. 
By the way, we gotta, we gotta rate the strap work too. I, I kind of forgot about this one. Let's show that one really quick, because this one's hilarious. Look at this guy, well, it's dangerous too, but still kind of funny. This guy here, so, for those of the audio listeners, he's holding back a bunch of mattresses. There's a man standing on the back of the truck. He looks like Atlas. He's just holding back a bunch of at mattresses with his arms outstretched and his legs. Zofie Agnes Nagy says, there is no strap work to rate. Well, he's the strap, Zofie. I get it that he didn't have straps, but holy guacamole, I'm trying not to laugh. Matthew Zehan says, uh, is Wish.com Spider-Man? Spider-Man 2? when he's trying to stop the uh, subway train with his, with his webs over there. Casey Chang says, once again, I would really like to know how many people were involved in this decision, but 15 out of 10 for effort, 15 out of 10 for creativity, 0 out of 10 for safety, 6 out of 10 for product stacking in the truck. Steven Rue says, all I see is Stretch Armstrong. And Mustafa Aziz says, a man with the world on his shoulders. Red Stratovich says, modern day Atlas. I agree with all you guys. Great stuff. All right. Send us the hard stuff. That's what Dunavant Logistics says. When you run into that really challenging logistical nightmare that keeps you up at night, call the good folks over at Dunavant. They make headaches disappear. Visit them at Dunavant.com. But right now, this is my buddy, Brian Bork, Global Chief Commercial Officer at Seco Logistics. What's up, man? How you doing, Dooner? Thanks for having me. Where, where's your guitar? You have, to, you have to follow up a performance here. Uh, I, I have no guitar. I used to be a DJ uh, back in my day, but uh, uh, I don't have the turntables anymore to, to, to show off anything. Wait, what? You were like in the Chicago rave scene back in the day, blowing up warehouses? I can neither confirm or deny. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. Well, we've all got a past. <laughs> so does the freight market. You, you, Seagull has a little bit different perspective than some of the guests I talk to. You do a lot of air freight. You do a lot of global trade. Um, so it had me curious. That's why I reached out to you. We've been talking so much about the American market, but what are you seeing globally in freight? What kind of trend lines are going on out there, Brian? Uh, a lot of similarities. Uh, demand is down all around the globe. Uh, there are a few green shoots here and there. Um, uh, but, you know, ultimately, there was a lot of hope and positivity around the reopening of China and moving away from uh, the, the, you know, the zero tolerance lockdown. But, but ultimately, uh, we did see some what they call revenge buying, uh, which happened after the first lockdown back in 2020 when China opened up again. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this softening demand is really a global phenomenon. And you see that with not just obviously uh, the tender rejection rates that you're tracking in the United States, but also with uh, the, the, the rates for global trade and global containers all around the world. Um, different trade lanes are being impacted at different levels. So uh, Trans-Pacific Asia to the U.S. Uh, is being severely impacted, uh, but other rate levels are holding a little bit better. Uh, but, but ultimately, it's, it is a, a, a tale of reduced demand all around the world. When demand picks up, where's it going, east or west? Uh, that's a great question. You know, uh, ultimately, uh, one maybe green shoot to talk about is intra-Asia. So we are seeing uh, a bit of demand there that is returning to kind of pre-COVID levels. But um, ultimately, the United States is the global uh, economy engine, uh, and uh, a higher percentage of our GDP is driven by uh, the consumer market. And so ultimately, uh, the U.S. will likely be receiving the, the first surge in demand. Um, it, it's companies everywhere that have maybe more inventory than they would like, and they're all burning through that inventory. And some companies are more successful at that than others. Um, there are new product launches that are happening. There are big sales campaigns that are happening. Uh, and uh, so ultimately, at some point, 
these bookings from origin, in particular from China, are going to start to tick up again. Uh, but uh, it is definitely going to be a second half story. Uh, the only question is, how much are they going to tick up? Is it going to be uh, a minor blip uh, or, or correction uh, to, to get the inventory back? Or is it going to be a surge in demand that we're going to see maybe a bit of an actual peak season like we used to see before uh, the pandemic? Uh, that's the big question right now. And there's a lot of positive indicators. There's a lot of negative indicators. And so these mixed messages make it really difficult for companies to forecast and to plan uh, uh, you know, anywhere from 30, 60, 90 days out. It's a challenge across the board. What about air freight? I've, I've been seeing some uh, shipping managers for, for shippers out there talk about how they're enjoying these lower air freight rates and this easy-to-find capacity. Are, are, are all modes kind of in turmoil? What's going on with air? Yeah, it's uh, every mode is having a different story. As much as the ocean market is cratering, um, uh, the air market is, is volatile, uh, which is kind of by its nature. But uh, in, in April, we were seeing rate levels go up from, from Asia, and it was counterintuitive. Uh, but they've kind of come back down, and they're they they're consistently bottled because of you know the nature of the business. A lot of uh, companies using it for higher value product, for a product that has deadlines to get on shelves, et cetera. Um, but uh, ultimately, air, the air freight world and the air freight story is a little different than the ocean world. But you're absolutely right. Um, the problems of the past three years were really focused around capacity and congestion in air and ocean. Uh, we had a lot of issues at airports. We have a lot of issues getting space. Uh, none of those issues are, are really occurring right now. Um, but uh, and, and we are seeing rate levels uh, normalized significantly. But um, they are they are going up and down right now. So it's uh, it's it's pretty volatile. But definitely, if you ship air freight, uh, you're having uh, less stress today than you would would have had a year or two ago. Brian, you think this is going to be a tough summer in freight? We got to buckle down. We got to focus on profit. There's a lot of headwinds coming. One of them being, if student loans resume in July, that's another four hundred dollars taken out of consumer products. I, I know people yell and they go, "You took student loans, you have to pay for it." But the, the point here isn't that. It's not about paying for student loans. We're talking about the, the pausing of the student loans and the amount of money that takes out of the economy. And it, you, you pull a truck, that's freight that could be in your truck. Absolutely. I mean, when when there was kind of the, these COVID checks that went out. Um, we, we saw an immediate surge in demand out of our facilities. So um, disposable income is, is definitely uh, going to have an impact uh, when, when, when and if these things do get implemented. And we are watching that. Uh, it is a concern. You know, it is definitely not a V-shaped recovery. It is, uh, it is a U-shaped recovery. Um, it is definitely a uh, – it, it may not be a recession, uh, but it certainly is a freight recession in, in that – Volumes are down uh, quarter over quarter over quarter, and it is a challenge. Um, but but ultimately, uh, what goes down must go up, uh, if, if you want to flip the analogy on its head. Um, in many ways, we, we do think that we've hit the floor uh, on the global containerized trade uh, perspective. So rate levels aren't going to necessarily go down that much further. Uh, and in fact, we've seen the GRI stick and rates kind of tick up again if they don't ultimately still go down. But there's some fluctuation there rather than the previous eight months where it was just decline month over month over month over month. So in many ways, we may have hit the floor and we're kind of bouncing around at the bottom of the floor. But ultimately, demand will pick up again. And it's not necessarily all related to the demand because it's a supply side story as well because a lot of companies just have a lot of inventory. That inventory 
will get burned through. It will get deprecated. And when that happens, the orders start flowing again. So regardless of what happens to demand, we're also looking at inventory to sales ratios to track how are companies managing their inventories because they will get back to a uh, just-in-case mode for some companies uh, or just-in-time. Sorry, a lot of them have just-in-case, so they have a lot more inventory than they need. Um, but we are going to revert back to lean supply chains, um, and those order bookings will happen. Now, your, your great question on the timing, uh, the summer is going to be critical um, because if we don't see that surge uh, in June, July, um, then, then the, all indications are it will, will be towards the end of the year. Um, but obviously, we're, we're optimistic. We're optimistic about the economy. We're optimistic about companies able to burn through their inventory. And we're optimistic about the, uh, the, the American consumer. Uh, you know, again, there's a lot of uh, uh, indexes that, that, that we're watching, and, and it's, it's still a lot of mixed messages. But with mixed messages, you do have some, some good signs, you know, jobs data, things like that, you know, inflation going down. So a lot of the negativity in the economy was kind of baked into forecasts and how outlooks are, are, are really presented from a financial earnings standpoint. Uh, but you're right. This summer is going to be critical. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Like you, you go grocery shopping and suddenly that basket is like two, three times as much as much money as it used to be. And I know inflation is going down a little bit, but it doesn't seem in, in some of the places that we're actually spending our money, like your, your average consumer where they're buying it on groceries, rent, things like that. It's You're, you're still getting a... Uh, you're still getting hammered. The, the, the one bright side, though, is like freight data. It leads the economy, right? So, yeah, we're seeing it go down now. But when we see it go back up, that's going to be a great indicator of improvements over the greater economy that we're going to see. I mean, the idea like we, we've known we're in a freight recession for a while. And that's why we've, some people have been forecasting this economic recession. Um, but you know what? One thing that interesting trend that has been happening is you would think there'd be a ton of fraud when there was so much money to make, right? At the top of the market, there would have been a ton. And maybe there was, and you don't notice it as much. It's a lot easier to notice now that the water's out and you can see the fish flopping around. What kind of fraud are you seeing on a global level that, that Seco has to deal with? Yeah, this is something that is, is happening, uh, and it's been happening for a while, but we're definitely seeing an uptick. Uh, and, and it's really kind of in, in, in a couple of primary ways. But the big one is, you know, we'll get people that fill out forms on our website and and uh, they're they're pretending to be someone else. And, and ultimately, they're asking for an immediate quote, an immediate booking. And it is absolutely fraudulent as someone uh, trying to go in and actually steal cargo from someone else. And they're getting more sophisticated. It used to be very easy to determine that these things were fraud. But what we're seeing is, you know, domain names. That's what we have to watch out for. Domain names aren't accurate. So if always look for hyphens. If there's a hyphen in a domain name, um, you need to double check that with, with the company and you look up the company and you look up the individual. And the most recent case I saw two weeks ago, um, the individual existed. Uh, they did work for this company, but the domain name was different. Uh, and it was, I think, a .org or .net. That's another kind of flag as well. Um, uh, sometimes they are legitimate requests. Some domains of legitimate businesses and organizations have hyphens and our.net.org. So it's not a catch-all, but it is something that all of our teams are watching out for now. Whereas five years ago, um, it was such a rarity that it was a, a special call-out when it did happen. But now we train against this. Phishing attempts are, are very prevalent and very common where uh, uh, fraudsters are actually getting a hold of access to the legitimate domain names of shippers and sending new bank details. Uh, and, and, and carriers, we're seeing this from carriers, we're seeing this from shippers. 
Um, and, and so when they change new bank details, the next payment goes into the fraudster's bank account. This is also happening, not to mention the fact that you do have um, hackers that are, are shutting down logistics companies, big and small. Um, so it's not just the shippers that are being impacted. So that we're seeing an uptick in this. Uh, technology security is, is becoming an increased focus for our organization, as it is for other forwarders and truckers and carriers alike. So it is a, it's a very dangerous world out there, and companies have to be a lot more vigilant today than they had to be even a couple of years ago. And the pandemic didn't stop any of that. If anything, it accelerated. Well, I mean, how many of us have gotten a fake text from our fake boss to go buy some gift cards, right? These thieves, they have the org chart. They know the CEO. The only reason it's so easy to tell is because Craig Fuller would never text me with the name Timothy. Like, he just doesn't, he never called me Timothy in my life. He's not my mother. You know, he's never sent that. It was, it was a dooner or just nothing. It would just be a command. It's the new Nigerian prince. Uh, you know, that's, uh, that's the low-hanging fruit. Uh, usually those are a lot easier to catch. It's these other ones that are, they're starting to get really good at masking who they are and, and and the real killer is when they get a hold of your domain and send an email from a legitimate domain asking wow. to change bank details that's that's where it gets really scary because they're really getting to the the core of uh, what fraud uh, how fraud is able to be actually executed yeah, no, and they exploit the fact that, like, in freight, it's a very fast-moving world, and we get information, and, and people are doing what they can verify, and the old methods you use, like the old trick of just looking at the domain, it doesn't matter anymore because people are cloning those, so it, it, there's no real real help there. And it, it's, it's, it's such a conundrum, but hopefully um, some of the work that's being put into it will help. But I got a question for you. Another conundrum is being a parent in freight. You have a, you have a how many kids you got, Brian? Uh, I have one four-year-old, one four-year-old son. And he just started doing a little hockey, didn't he? That's right. He loves it. He loves it. Started him young. That's is is that like is that the predominant youth sport in Chicago? It was in Massachusetts. There's a little weird moving to Chattanooga, and like the nearest hockey rink is Nashville or Atlanta. Like we don't even have hockey. If you want to have your kid in hockey here, like no, sorry, you're out of luck. I mean, this is a high time for a freight wave sponsored uh, hockey rink for Chattanooga. I think that would that would uh, support. You know, recruiting a lot of great talent to uh, continue to, to Chattanooga, but uh, you're you're right. Hockey is uh, like Massachusetts and Chicago is is very popular, uh, but ultimately it's too. Uh, we've tried soccer, uh, we've tried baseball. In fact, I, I I will post on Twitter a photo of uh, first T-ball last weekend on the south side of Chicago, and in the background you see a bunch of stacked containers. So you know, I take that as part of being a, a freight father. Uh, so to speak. So I always uh, geek out when I see things like that. But uh, uh, really, you know, he just he just loves hockey. He loves ice skating. He likes, you know, going fast. And uh, I, I think, you know, hockey is really the only sport uh, he watches with me other than the World Cup final, which he did watch all the way to the end. And uh, I raised him right. He knows that Messi is the best player uh, in the world. So uh, we do have that going for us. Well, what is your number one tip as a uh, as an executive freight parent you have a four-year-old it can be very demanding like me personally my kids are six and eight and i have gotten very defensive about my time they get home from school after three i have about like from five to eight o'clock with them and during the week i'm pretty defensive about that time like they're going really fast brian this this goes by so quick i bet you look pictures at your boy when he was like two or one and you're like how is he four already i gotta tell you the, the older they get the quicker it goes absolutely uh, i was actually doing that with my wife uh last night looking at old videos and photos 
Uh, and, uh, you know, I wish we had smartphones when, when we were kids, I guess. But in a way, I'm also glad we grew up in an analog world, right? But, but ultimately, the videos you're doing the DJ you know, in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you know, that was a while ago, too. But, uh, you know, it, it really, you have to set rules and, and you have to have discipline because I travel a lot. I travel all around the world. I have calls with Asia late at night, but but ultimately dinner time is sacred, and the time around dinner is sacred. Uh, and uh, and you know even if I'm traveling, I always reserve at least one day that I'm picking them up or dropping them off school. Um, these you know weekends are are sacred. Like these things, I mean yes, calls happen, clients call. You need to be responsive, but. But at the end of the day, your family is the most important. And you're absolutely right. The one thing that we can't get back is time. So uh, I think that's a great point. Yeah. And kids put it in no greater perspective. A little cowbell for your, your sage words there. Now, before I let you go, though, I have a special rate to strap work for you. So let's take a look at this tape. And let me, let me see what you think. You're an expert in these kind of things. He's got the wide loan sign. He's even got a spotter. And uh, for you audio listeners, <laughs> what you're watching is a man with a... Um, a very big butt. <laughs> he's in good shape, but he's got a, 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 a recognizable butt, and he's holding some straps in the middle of a flatbed, keeping himself up. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the wide load sign uh, just uh, speaks for itself. Uh, I, I, I have to say, you know, uh, uh, definitely a, a health and safety issue, uh, I think, that needs to be called out. Uh, and, uh, you know, but maybe this is precious cargo, you know. Uh, I, I'd want to learn more about uh, the, the story on this one, uh, but uh, at least it does look very taut and it uh, doesn't look like there's going to be a lot of movement. So uh, maybe it's not as bad of a health and safety issue as I, as I thought. Brian, you're great, man. Thank you so much for joining us. Everyone go check out Brian. Go check out Seco if you, if you need some help out there. Hey, have a great weekend. Enjoy some time with the family. Thank you, Duner. You too. Good guy over there. All right, it's Friday. So a little good news, bad news. All right. Good news, bad news. Here we got bad news. There's way too much trash on the road, right? You see it everywhere. Junk everywhere, right? We talk about all this climate stuff. Why don't we just clean up the roads? Where's all the pollution, man? Good news. Truckers are going after it with bag a day in May. New thing. I hadn't heard about this until yesterday. Roll the tape. Spent the night on an off-ramp just north of Beaver, Utah. And I woke up this morning and... This is what the area looks like. Y'all ought to be ashamed of yourself. But, because I'm not a piece of shit and I'm doing the bag a day in May, I'm going to pick up a bag of trash. So I got my gloves. I got my bag. So, I picked me up a little area. Got a trash bag. What's even terribler is that not even 100 yards down the road, there's a dumpster. Oh no, it was so, so hard to throw away a bag of trash. Hey, great work by that driver there. Hey, if you're out there, you're doing this bag a day in May, hey, maybe I'll pull over my own car and just do it. Let, let us know. I'm really curious if this is this is taken off. I've only seen from that one driver. We put this out on social media. Uh, it, nobody really said that they were, they were doing it, but it would be cool to pick up some steam. Let's keep the roads clean, you know? We do contribute to some of that... Uh, that dirt over there. All right, good news. Someone is going to unload your truck, but the bad news is you don't have a choice and it's going to cost you a lot. When the broker asks me how much the UNFI lumper was. 700 billion and a trillion, 300 million billion dollars. <laughs> that was from, that's a meme from uh, Reed Loosed a lot. Um, he's selling those please advise hats, so go buy yourself one. If you're looking for 
for one of those. Um, here's one for you. Good news, your container has arrived. The bad news, con contents may shift in motion. <laughs> right to the head. Right to the, get the box right to the, see, the problem here is, as you can see, he stood right in the center when he, when he undid that lock there, he opens it up and his arms are tied up, holding the door so he can't even defend himself. He ends up eating a box to the face. Fortunately, it looks like he's uh, still alive down there. He's twitching his legs a bit. I hope he is, uh, he's okay. The Tooth Fairy Truther, he said, always stand to the side when you're opening containers. I have had kegs, boxes, a 2,000 bag of beets fall out of the back of the truck. Yeah, so, um, like we hope this guy's okay, but it's also a good lesson to look at, especially if you're unloading trucks. These things move around; they shift. If you've seen the way some of these lumbers or some of these stores put these things, uh, especially on pallets, could be a lot of trouble. Uh, Rick says there. This was one of the first lessons a veteran driver taught me: always crack the door and peek in before opening, otherwise you might get your ears boxed. And James says never ever swing those doors open without looking, and then still be and and then still be ready to jump out of the way. All right. What is this thing? This is disgusting. Show this picture here. I, I, I am like, I don't know. You know like the, the remixes they have, like the Pepsi and the Coke remix where you can pick other flavors? I always hate those machines because if you go after someone who picked like vanilla or cherry, like you, you put your Diet Coke under and you get a little bit of the remnant flavor here. So what Heinz has decided to do is they've decided to make a remix machine, but it's for like barbecue sauce and ketchup and mustard and mayonnaise, and you can remix the combinations that you're, you're putting together. If you ever worked in food service, you know just how messy side work is and cleaning out the condiment and the ketchup bottles is. So God bless whoever gets, uh, whoever gets stuck with that machine. All right, we got one last thing here. I don't know how many of you uh, were planning on going to this Star Wars hotel, but it got Order 66 by Disney. They said, no way, the $5,000 hotel is done. Let's, look at, let's take a look at the inside here. So this was $5,000 for two nights to go to this. You get one suite, and this, I think, was for like a family of four. It's around $5,000, and this is like the one suite that you get. And, you know, it doesn't look awful. It's supposed to be like a spaceship suite, and you're only going to be in the room a little bit because it's like, it's like dinner theater, but it's all-day dinner theater. It's cosplay. So you bring like a regular family there, and they're not like cosplayers, you know, they're not, they, don't, they don't have that in their nature. I can imagine something like this being like really awkward with the Disney employees. It doesn't help either that the ship itself, it doesn't really, it looks more like a Star Trek ship than a Star Wars ship. I guess they couldn't make things like as edgy and as rounded. Uh, they, they made them all rounded because maybe people would trip, you got kids running around, you can't get them hurt. But it, I don't know, it hurts with the immersion. They also have this weird blue captain who was supposed to be doing the ship. Disney's been in a lot of trouble recently. A lot of their, a lot of their shows haven't done too well. Star Wars itself has... Uh, upset a lot of fans with some of the things that they've put out. And um, they also just canceled the big campus they were going to put out. Disney, they've been hemorrhaging some money out there. But what did you guys think? Would you have gone to this, this hotel? My kids, they weren't that interested. You know why? Because the characters in here were from the sequel trilogy. If they went prequels, they went original trilogy, I, you know, I think they might have like, been screaming at me to go. And they're at that age. It's like, maybe we would. Maybe you don't go to college. Maybe we go to the Galactic Cruiser if you really want to. But not like this. Maybe they'll come back. Maybe we'll do it a little better next time. Maybe we'll do a little better next time on Monday when the show comes back. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we are a show that's live noon Eastern time on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays on Freightwave TV, YouTube, Twitter now, uh, maybe even TikTok. I don't know. Um, if you like it on audio, you don't want to make an appointment with your TV, you can subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever your flavor is. Um, you can also get it on demand on YouTube, Freightwave TV, wherever you like it. Find me on Twitter at Timothy Dooner. Connect! Let's have a chat. Hey, have a great weekend. Take care and don't be a stranger.